You know, last week, we, um, we, Pastor Robbie shared with us about the Apostle Paul and the, the great confidence that he had. And, you know, we kind of sang about that song about all is well with our soul. You know, whatever was going on in Paul's life, whether, whatever, whether following Christ meant life or death, Paul was certain that, that God would take care of him. Regardless of his circumstances, whatever, wherever he was in life, he had, he had confidence in the Lord. But uh, what, um, really, do you have that kind of confidence in your life? That regardless of your circumstances, you're not worried. I wish I could say that I always had that same kind of confidence that Paul had. Well, I know I'm going for sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. But um, yet, there are still times when I struggle with confidence. When things get tough. Today, I, th- I, I believe that God would like to share with us what, um, what we can do when we lack confidence in our lives. As uh, some of you know, um, God has, has put a call on my life. Uh, my wife as well, but primarily me, to, to plant a church and, um, in, in Stony Creek. And it's, it's actually been really exciting for, for April and I to see how God's been, been working in that town. Uh, we've seen God really move just in some amazing ways uh, since, we've, since we've been there. And um, since, since living there, you know, it's been a, just a privilege and truly an honor to be, to be used by God in any way. Um, it's, it's just an awesome thing. Although, I have to say, at, at times, it's been, it's been kind of scary. Um, really, you know, here we are, my, my wife April and I, and we don't really have a clue what we're doing here. But, uh, you know, we're just, honestly, we're just, we're just trusting in the Lord. And the only way we can get through it is knowing that this is His will for our lives and this is what He wants for us. Um, seriously, though, um, you know, it, it really has been just a great experience so far. But, uh, you know, we've been going through, through classes and assessments and all these different things, and it's like, whew, what are we, what are we getting ourselves into? Or sometimes I, I, I really wonder, but uh, it, really, it really has been good. But, but honestly, though, it, when you're out there sometimes, as, as I'm sure you know, it can get a little bit scary. And in case you haven't noticed, um, not everybody thinks this, that we need new churches around here. And uh, actually, as a matter of fact, there are some that would totally disagree with it. And, um, you know, there, there really is. There, there is an enemy, a real enemy in this world, and he hates everything that we're doing. Um, you know, over the past uh, couple weeks or so, uh, we've, had a, we've had a few curveballs kind of thrown our way. Uh, we had some, some outreach events kind of planned through the town that we were all excited about. We went back to, to kind of finalize things and found out that, you know what, um, we weren't going to be able to do some of these things. And we've had some, some kind of some personal things come up as well, some, some health issues in the family, just some, a lot of things kind of, kind of going on. And, you know, doing the Lord's work is, is a lot of fun when things are going well, but it can definitely uh, get a little bit difficult when they're not. It sometimes feels like we're up against an army that far outnumbers us, and we're not really sure how we're ever going to make it. <clears throat> so how do we handle this? We all have struggles in our life. When things aren't going our way, what do we do when we're scared? When it seems like the world or your family or your boss, everything just seems to be coming up against you. You feel like you have an army against you. What do you do? Who do you turn to? If you're here today and have ever experienced trouble in life before, then I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. When you feel like you're up against an army, unfortunately, as I said before, there is an enemy of this world. And God's word tells us that he prowls around like a lion seeking someone to devour. If you've tried to do the Lord's work, then you've probably experienced this, or I can bet at some point uh, through your walk that you will. It can get scary. Uh, what will you do? Bow your heads with me, if you would, as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. Um, 
I thank you for your, for your message here, Father. Uh, just uh, be with us as we open your word here, Father, and as we, as we seek you, Lord, um, when, we, when we lack confidence, Father. Um, I'm thankful that we can have uh, a confidence in, in knowing that we're, we're going to heaven if we put our faith and trust in you. But, Lord, um, there are struggles in this life, and you know what? Sometimes we, we don't know what to do. It feels like we're, we're up against an army, Lord, but, but you are faithful, Lord, and... Um, I'm so thankful that your word points us in the right direction and that we can come to you. Uh, work in our hearts today. Lord, help us to just clear, clear the thoughts of, uh, of the day that's, that's been happening. Lord, just help us to, um, just to, to hear from you tonight. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, turn with me, if you would, as Pastor Chris said, uh, to Second Chronicles um, 20. That's in the, the Old Testament, as he shared with you. Uh, as, as Pastor Robbie would say, it's, a, it's here in my Bible. I don't know if that helps you or not, but um, it's, it's, uh, it's um, kind of in the middle, I guess, to sort of towards the middle of the Old Testament. Um, so we're going to look at Second uh, Chronicles um, 20, and I really want to see what, what God has to say about victory in times of trouble. Uh, today's, today's message is actually... Uh, called How to Find Victory in Times of Trouble. So if you're there, let's uh, turn to um, 2 Chronicles uh, verse 20. And I, I want to apologize to you ahead of time about some of these, uh, some of these names that I'm sure I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up. I kind of wish that maybe God had spoken to me in some different text, maybe the New Testament where the names are a little easier, but uh, we're going to try, try to get through them here. So it says, uh, Now it came about after this, that together, excuse me, that the sons of Moab and the sons of Ammon, together with some of the Meunites, came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and reported to Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, out of Aram, and behold, they are in Hezazan, Tamar, that is, in Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid and turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of, of the Lord before the new court. And he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, are you not God in heavens? Are you not ruler over all the kingdoms and of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. Did you not, O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there in your name, saying, Should evil come upon us, the sword or judgment or pestilence or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. Now behold, the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom we did not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. See how they were rewarding us by coming to drive us out from your possession, which you have given us as an inheritance. O oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Then in the midst of the assembly, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, Jehaziel the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jael, the son of Madaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph. And he said, Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. The battle is not yours, but God's. 
Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jerul. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves and stand the see, excuse me, station yourselves, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites from the sons of the Kohathites and the sons of the Korathites stood up to praise the Lord, God of Israel, with a very loud voice. They rose early in the morning and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah, inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and, they, and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with, with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped destroy one another. When Judah came to the lookout of the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to, to, to take their spoil, they found much among them, including goods, garments, and valuable things, which they took for themselves, more than they could carry, and they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Phew. <laughs> Again, uh, today's, uh, there's just so much there. I know it's, uh, it's kind of a, a big chunk of scripture there, but, you know, I believe God just has so much to say to us in his word that, um, you know, I kept, as I was working through, I'm like, you know what, maybe I should stop here, but maybe I should stop here, but there's just so much here that I believe God would want to share with us today that thank you for, for being patient. Um, so again, today's message is how do we find victory in the times of trouble? Um, one thing we need to know is that we are not alone in our battles and that really the Lord is waiting for us to come to him for victory. And we have to ask ourselves, how have we been fighting our battles? Let's take a look at, at Scripture to see some steps towards winning the battle. And we, as we see here, it starts with knowing our own limitations. If we look back at um, uh, verse uh, 3, we see that uh, in verse, the beginning of verse 3, it says, Jehoshaphat was afraid. And then if we look over at verse 12, it says, For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us, nor do we know what to do. We see that God's word tells us here that we need to recognize that there is a problem. Um, Jehoshaphat sees that there's an army. That it's coming. It's reported to him that, there, that there's a problem. It says, um, they tell him in verse 2, it says, Jehoshaphat, a, a great multitude is coming against you. There's an army that's coming against you. But he needs to recognize this problem. And there are, pro- are there problems in your life right now that someone may be warn- trying to warn you about? For example, has your di- I don't know about you, and because I preach this, I-, I wish I could say that this was perfect for me, but uh, you know what? Uh, it's necessarily not. Um, you know, uh, if your doctor has ever told you, hey, your, your cholesterol is a little high, are you doing something about it? Or-, or do you listen to your spouse when they're trying to talk to you about something? Maybe, maybe there's a problem in your relationship. Or are you really hearing what your kids are saying to you? Uh, God's, words are, God's word is full of warning in our lives if we'll acknowledge them. And really, they're ultimately for our own good. How many of you have ever been in, in church before when you've kind of started to squirm in your seat a little bit? 
You know what, uh, the pastor kind of starting to kind of start sharing in God's word about, and maybe you start to think about some of, some of the sin in your life, and you kind of get that uncomfortable feeling in, in, your, in your life. I, I've been there, believe me, and you, um, you're just wishing that, you know what, I wish you'd just move on. Let's just talk about another subject here. Or, you know what, or do you find yourself, do you recognize that, you know what, God is speaking to you, and do you acknowledge him and realize that it's for your own benefit, that, you know what, that God is, that God is trying to send a message to you. And secondly, we need, to, we need to look at how we respond to warnings or problems in our lives. Do we deal with them in reality and address them as we should? Or are you one of those people who turns the radio on up in your car when you hear a new noise? Do you just uh, do you ignore them and hope it'll go away? You know, I've had cars like that before, especially as a young kid. You know, you're, you're driving your $500 special and you know what, uh, there's a new noise. Man, we'll get rid of that, you know what? But that's not really going to take care of the, That's not going to take care of the problem. There are some of us that like to bow up when trouble confronts. You know, I can speak from experience on this. Um, you know, we think that we can handle we can handle all the problems of the world on ourselves. We don't need any help. But how do you think that might have worked for Jehoshaphat if he had chosen to ignore the problem and puffed up and tried to be a tough guy and take care of things himself? Thankfully, we see that, that King Jehoshaphat responds with a level head and realizes what he's up against and seeks help. He doesn't try to be a tough guy. He actually admits that he's scared. As we look at in, in verse 3, it says, Jehoshaphat was afraid. Verse 12 says that, that we were powerless and they didn't know what to do. Now picture, here, here this man, is he's the king, and yet he admits that he's scared. As a leader, that must have been, that must have been hard to do. You know, as, as leaders, whether it be in our homes or work, or wherever, wherever we're at, you are a leader someplace. Think about, think, we often think that we can't show our emotions. Uh, how many of you ever remember that commercial that, that um, aired, you never let, it, never let you see a sweat? You know, that's kind of what we think of as leaders sometimes, that, you know what, we've, we, we can't let say anybody see a sweat. You know what, uh, we, we, we've got to be, you know, we've got to be perfect here. You know what, a leader does need to keep himself composed, because often that's truly what others need to see in a leader sometimes. You know, when things get rough, we are looking for somebody, that calm, collected, godly man that, or women that will, that will keep us calm. But you know what? Um, sometimes they, they just, they, you need to admit, you know what? I'm scared. I can't do this on my own. But I believe that by Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat being honest and real with himself, it ultimately led him to the correct response. His actions led his followers to trust in him and to follow him. Maybe, maybe those who, are, who, who you're leading, you know, maybe your kids or maybe your coworkers at work or, or you know, the, the softball team that you're on, maybe that's what they need to see. They need to see that realness in you. Jehoshaphat certainly had a sizable army that could have matched up with the Moabites and the Ammonites, yet we don't see any sign of him getting his troops ready at all. Uh, this year actually marked the 100th year of the sinking of the Titanic. The sinking of the ship caused over 1,500 deaths, and it's actually known as the, uh, the deadliest peacetime marine disaster in history. But really, what's most troubling about this is the way that the situation was handled. Tragically, the ship was not equipped with enough lifeboats, and actually, a lot of these lifeboats that they put out weren't even full. You know, while it's easy for us to look at the situation, not being there and finding fault, the reality is, is that the, the problem could have been addressed differently, differently. If they had done a better job recognizing their limitations, more lives could have been spared. I really hope that you're never faced with a Titanic situation in your life. 
that if you are, will you man up like Jehoshaphat? You know, it kind of goes against what we're taught, you know, to admit that you're scared. But you know what? He doesn't, he do, again, he doesn't bow up in himself and, you know, I've got this. He turns to the Lord. And really, that's, that's, that's what, you know, we refer to a lot of the kids as manning up. Um, are you going to be like Jehoshaphat? Or will you be like Jehoshaphat or will you make the same mistakes that were made a hundred years ago? So, so far we've seen that the first thing God tells us is to recognize a problem. What we do after we recognize the problem is key to the outcome. Uh, we need to seek, seek God when trouble hits. <clears throat> if we look back at um, verses, um, the end of verse 3 and verses 4, we see that um, Jehoshaphat turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. And they came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. We see Jehoshaphat's first reaction here was to, was to seek God, was to seek the Lord. Is that your first reaction when trouble hits? We see he didn't, we didn't, he didn't ask his friends. He didn't go to his family. He went right straight to the Lord. His, and it, says, it goes on to say that they, that they, that they fasted. And really that, um, that means that they put away all distractions in order uh, to seek God with full attention. And I actually looked up um, the word um, Hebrew, in the, uh, the word fast in the Hebrew language. And it actually, I'm not going to try to pronounce it because if you thought I did a bad job with the names, this will be worse. It's uh, T-O-S-M, what comes from the word, uh, from the meaning to, to cover over, as in your mouth. Now, uh, April actually told me that uh, if I talked too much up here today, that she was going to put me on a fast. She was going to cover my mouth. And I actually thought she was kidding until we were walking in and I saw some duct tape hanging out of her Bible. But, um, but, uh, but really, um, this, was, this would have been a time for a lot more listening than talking. You know, you just think about it. We often think of fasting as, you know what, we're not going to eat. You know, it is a focused time. Actually, I think Pastor Chris some, some time back did a, 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 um, a message on fasting. But when you think about that, just honestly covering your mouth, you know what, there, there was a time for listening. Not so much talking, just wanting to hear. That, and that's kind of the picture we see here, that, you know what, we're not going to go to this person and that person. We're going to just, we're going to stay focused here, and we're actually going to turn to the Lord. It's a purposeful time uh, hearing from God. How often do we do that when we're scared? Uh, maybe, you, maybe you do seek God when trouble hits, but you're also, you know what, you're, you're dabbling, here a little, dabbling here a little bit, you know, with God, but you're also, you know, maybe going to Oprah or you're, you're watching this or you're, you're reading this book or you're going here, you know, for, for different answers. But um, not to say that it's bad for you to get outside help by any means, but I really think that we can learn something from, uh, from King Jehoshaphat here. You know, just putting away all the distractions and waiting to hear from God first. Uh, we see others uh, gather together for prayer and fasting when they're in times of trouble. It says that they came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. They came from all over the place, all together, to seek, to seek the Lord. And Jesus tells us in Matthew eighteen twenty, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am in their midst. And Psalm 133, 1 says, Be good, how, whole, how, excuse me, how good and how pleasant is it for brothers to dwell together in unity. We see through these passages here that there is power in unity and prayer. We see that Jehoshaphat and, and Judah begin to gain confidence as the, as they, in them as they begin to seek the Lord. It's when Jehoshaphat and Judah pray that they, they begin to find comfort. Uh, let's take a look, if we would, um, at verses um, 6 
uh, actually kind of through, down through 13. We're going we're gonna to actually look at uh, Jehoshaphat's prayer. And in, in verse 6, it, it kind of says, um, it starts out by Jehoshaphat saying to, to remember who God is and that how, how powerful he is. Um, it says that, um, he, that he, is, we, he is the God of our fathers and that he is the God of, in the heavens and that he is the ruler of all the kingdoms and nations. And he says that, he says that power and might are in your hand that no one can stand against you. Now, when we, when we begin to pray to God and we remember who God is, what kind of, you know, how, how are you going to be nervous when, when, you're, when you're seeking the Lord, when you're seeking the ruler of all kingdoms and nations, and that all power and might are in his hand, and, and knowing that no one can stand against you. And then verse 7, we see, we see uh, Jehoshaphat begins to reflect on how God had worked in the past and remembering his promises to us. And one, one thing that's really important about God's promises, as we see in Hebrews uh, 6.18, that God cannot lie. And isn't that encouraging to know that God keeps his promises? And then finally in verse 9, we see that um, Jehoshaphat begins trusting God in whatever circumstances we find ourselves, he finds himself in. And then in verse 12, it says, Our eyes are on you. We just need to stand back sometimes and watch God work. Hebrews 12.2 tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who is our joy set before him, who endured the cross, despising the same, the shame, excuse me, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then just kind of the, the last uh, part of, the, of his prayer here, it says that all Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. We see whole families here together. God wants all of us to come to him, including the children. God loves and honors families. <clears throat> I wonder how different our world or our country or our church or our families might look if we took this, this approach that uh, King Jehosh- Jehoshaphat, Judah, and Jerusalem did when we were in trouble. Maybe you or your family are here today and you say, you know what, we're, we're seeking the Lord. When trouble hits, we're seeking the Lord. Well, praise, praise God that, that you are. But you know what, uh, what, if, what if all of us were to do that more often? And you know, you may be thinking to yourself today that maybe, wow, this is kind of a big step, you know, for, for our family to, you want us to just, you want us to fast, you want us to go to God first, you want us to put away all these other things. You know what, that, that, that may be a big step for you. But what if you started just making small steps towards God? towards God when trouble hits? What if us as, as dads and moms started to seek God more through prayer when things got tough? And what if even our children, our children got involved as well? What if we were to put away all the other distractions and come to him first? I believe that's exactly what God is showing us here and what he'd have us to do. <clears throat> now let's take a look and see how God answers prayer in times of trouble. Uh, we must trust in the Lord for the outcome uh, verses, uh, 50, the end of verse 15 and verses 17 tell us that um, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude for the battle is not yours but God's. And then in verse 17 it says, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves and stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face them for the Lord is with you. Isn't it neat to see that, you know, as, as God begins to speak to them, the first words that he says to them is, do not fear. They kind of paint that picture, you know, of just a, of a dad, 
You know what? When, you, when your little girl or your little boy comes up to you and they're scared to death and you can just picture him putting his arms around him and saying, you know what? Don't fear. I'm here. We see that, that God had been listening to King Jehoshaphat's honest heart and heard the prayers of him. God shows him and shows Jehoshaphat and he's showing us today that he is in control. An army that seems so big that they're, they're warning him about, hey, there's an army coming. You know what? We've got to be scared. But you know what? This doesn't shake God a bit. And God ultimately shares that the battle is his and tells him that, you know what, you don't need to fight. God didn't need them and he doesn't need us to get things done. Although thankfully, much of the time, he does want to use us. You know what, this isn't to say that, that you know what, we, we're shown here that, that God tells them, you know what, to stay back. You know what, this battle is not yours. It isn't to say that God won't ever use us. Uh, in Nehemiah, um, we see that uh, when the walls of Jerusalem were being rebuilt, and they were under attack, that Nehemiah tells his people in chapter 4, verse 14, it says, um, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, and this part here is good, it says, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your house. And here's an example of the complete opposite. You know, God's been telling uh, Jehoshaphat, you know what, don't fight. This, is, this isn't your battle. But then we see Nehemiah saying, you know what, no, you need to fight. Sometimes God does call us to fight. They're having to fight for their wives, having to fight for their sons. Sometimes it is God's will for us to fight. Uh, we need to fight for what's right. Uh, Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 4.7 that I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. But when God does call us to fight, we need to remember that we, don't, we aren't getting credit for it. And we don't win battles on our own. It only comes through, through the Lord. And God tells them in verse 17, to stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. That's just an awesome verse. To stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. As I read that verse, it just couldn't help thinking about Jesus. We're reminded of what God did for us through Jesus, his son Jesus. God sent Jesus to win the battle over death that we may have eternal life. Just like in this battle, when we see Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah in Jerusalem, when God tells them the battle is not theirs, it's the same in the battle for eternal life. God won the battle without our help. We don't have to fight for the battle of heaven. Jesus won uh, the war over death. He was resurrected. He died on that cross and was resurrected. He won the battle of death for us. And that we can't earn it. We can only accept it. It only comes through accepting that we are all sinners and that we are separated from God because of our sin. And that only through Jesus what Jesus did by taking uh, the payment of our sins on the cross, that the forgiveness of our sins, that we can have forgiveness of our sins and, and um, ultimately have the gift of salvation. Just like in this fight that, that Jehoshaphat is going through with Judah and Jerusalem, we don't, they didn't have to fight and we don't have to fight for our salvation. Salvation only comes through believing what Jesus did for us on the cross. <clears throat> Um, there's a few of you here that um, are involved. We do a, a small group um, over in Stony Creek right now. It's our Bible study. And uh, we've actually been going through, um, uh, through the Bible, and it's actually called The Story by uh, Randy Frazzi or Frazy. I never get his name right. Um, but what he refers, um, those of you that, that are familiar with this or maybe have done this story before, he, he talks about God's upper story, and then he talks about God's lower story. And, and Randy actually refers to the story as the Bible. Uh, <clears throat> it's, um, it's, it's, God's, it's God's word. It's um, ultimately the, the beginning and the end. 
And as we know our Bible, it's Genesis through Revelation. We can, we can take comfort in knowing that, that God is the Alpha and He is the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And that He is in complete control of our lives. Uh, his upper story, God's story, will not be changed. Although our lower story, the story, the life that we're in right now, does change. That our lower story, if our lower story is going to have an effect on the upper story, God, God's here and His plan never changes. But you know, when we're walking in our lives in our lower story, if it's going to have some kind of an effect on when the upper story, then God will intervene. And you know what? Um, <clears throat> we can praise Him in knowing that whatever happens in our lives, that if we've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, whether God intervenes and fights our battle for you or gives you whatever you need to endure the battle, whether it be grace, courage, or etc., etc., in the end, God wins. Whatever battle we're facing, we need God. That's the only guarantee of victory. There's nothing else in this life that anyone can offer to you that will take the place of God. We need him. We need a savior. And finally, let's take a look at, um, to see what trusting God can do for us. Uh, we can have confidence that's found in God. Um, turn with me, if you would, back, to, uh, back over to um, 2 Chronicles, um, verses 20 through 21. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and to those who praised him in holy attire. As they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord, for his loving kindness is everlasting. We see that, once, we see that was once a scared king and a group of people now singing and praising God before the battle even begins. They says that, uh, that they went out, they, as they went out before the army, they were out actually celebrating. You know, here we see in the beginning of, beginning of this story here that Jehoshaphat admits that he's scared. They don't know what to do, but now through, through working through, through praying, through, through seeking the Lord, they're actually celebrating the victory before the, the wars even started. Uh, as we begin, this is when we begin to see the same confidence that we saw last week in the Apostle Paul. It, it ends and it starts with trusting God. You know, as I'm sure it was a process for, for, it was a process for Paul, and, and it was a process for us, and it, we see that it was a process for, for Jehoshaphat and, the, and Judah and the Israelites, ultimately for them to, 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 to get to this point. But we see that, it, that this kind of a confidence is achievable for us as well. We see that they gave thanks to God for what he was doing and what he was going to do. Uh, can you thank God for what he's going to do for you? They thanked God with singing. Uh, every, every week we start and end our time of worship here together with, with singing. And just in a few minutes here, we're going we're gonna to be wrapping this, our time up together here uh, with some singing. But you know what? Just, just as, um, as Jehoshaphat and his army here went out to sing before the battle had begun, they had had so much confidence in the Lord. Can you truly worship God with your singing today? Do you really, really trust him? Are you confident that whatever happens in your life, that God is in control? Have you given your life to him? Can you thank God ahead of time? Confidence comes from trust. It's a, it's a continued trust. How many of you remember learning how to ride your bike for the first time? If you were anything like me, I'm sure you had a few crash and burns. And... Uh, <clears throat> um, we all remember hanging onto the handlebars with our, with our arms shaking and our heart racing. Uh, we were scared to death that we were going to crash. 
Uh, no one likes to crash and get hurt. But, but over time, as we, as we continue to ride our bike more and more, we began to lose some of that fear. Uh, we began trusting our bike more and more until eventually we had enough confidence to jump on and ride our bike and maybe even do a wheelie or two. But uh, <clears throat> if you ever want to have that kind of confidence in God, then just like when you were on your bike, when you, you, know, when you, when you crashed, when you fell off, maybe, maybe you didn't, didn't fully trust it or you had an accident, um, just like that bike, you've got to get back up on. You've got to try again. In the end, God will help you to trust him if you allow him. And just kind of to, cl- to close this up here, it says, um, you know, just, you know what, we can see in God's word that, you know what, you really may not be a, as far away from true confidence as you think. That's um, in God's confidence. You see, as we see, as we saw in the Apostle Paul last week, and as we see in Jehoshaphat, the confidence wasn't in themselves. It's confidence in the Lord and what he's doing through them. And you know what, every one of us here today can have that kind of confidence. But we need to remember, in order to find victory in what lies ahead, we need to, number one, first know our limitations. Know that, you know what, we can't handle everything on our own. Number two, to seek God when trouble hits. And then number three, trust in the Lord for the outcome. And finally, number four, to have confidence that's found only in God. And then sometimes, really, the only battle that we have to fight is, is really against ourselves. God wants to work in our lives if we'll allow him to let us. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this, um, for this message here, Father. We thank you that, um, you know what, Lord, that um, we can have confidence in you, Father, um, that we can have uh, the confidence of heaven, Father, by accepting what your son Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Lord, I'm thankful that, that I know without a doubt that um, if something were to happen to me right now, that I would be uh, forever with, your, with you and, and your son Jesus Christ. But Lord, um, there are struggles in this life, Father, and I, I am so thankful that, um, that your word shows us that, um, that we can have confidence in you if we will just trust you and realize that we need you, Father, and that um, uh, I, I'm so thankful that, um, that we, can, we can celebrate, Lord. We can celebrate victory before the battle even starts, Father. Whatever, whatever comes up in our life, whatever challenges we're faced with right now, whatever's going on, we know that if we trust you, Father, that we can find victory. I thank you for, for this time, and um, I do pray that um, you would just allow this to, to sink into our hearts. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.